When I said all officers must work, naturally I never meant you, the commanding officer. My orders were only intended for officers below. None of my officers will do manual labor. Please! I was about to say, I have been thinking the matter over and decided to put majors and above on administrative duties, leaving only the junior officers to lend a hand. I'm afraid not. The convention's quite clear on that point. Do you know what will happen to me if the bridge is not ready in time? I haven't the foggiest. I'll have to kill myself. What would you do if you are me? I suppose if I were you, I'd have to kill myself. Again, I'm Joel Murphy. This is Hobo Radio, and with me, Lars Periwinkle. What's up, man? Good afternoon, money. That was very, that was very like professional and abrupt. <clears throat> yes, yeah. Well, I thought uh, I thought it was important to bring um, some actual culture to this show, not just popular culture, <laughs> what folks might call it. Would that be unpopular uh, culture then? <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's it's popular in uh, certain scholarly circles. Okay, so you're trying to you're trying to make a, a yeah. smarter, more intellectual hobo radio. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. That's why I'm using my almost NPR voice. All right. Should I use my NPR voice? Do you have an NPR voice? Lars Periwinkle. Oh God. You're gonna class it up. <laughs> I am. I, I like to. I like to begin this show by um by reading a poem. Act one. Lars reads a poem. <laughs> That's a little on the nose for the for the name of an act, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm new to this. I'm still. I'm trying to work it out. All right. Act one. The the king of Denmark is dead. Uh yeah, this um I can't read the whole poem cuz cuz it's very long. Um but I'll I'll just read a, a choice bit. <clears throat> I am oh, I almost did I almost did a poetry jam reading. I don't want to do that. I don't read poems like this. Uh okay. Here we go. Every soul contains a whisper of light gleaming faintly as it dwindles from sight. No escape, no greater fate to be made. In the end, the chains of time will not break. Colors weave into a spire of flame. Distant sparks call to a past still unnamed. Bear this torch against the cold of the night. Search your soul and reawaken the undying light. 
As fate spins a thread without end, new life draws its first breath, blossoming in a soil reclaimed from the past where destiny holds fast. Here we stand, hand clenched in hand, everyone caught in the struggle. This is the day we finally find our way, stepping into our tomorrow. Every soul contains a whisper of light, and then it repeats. Okay, so what I just read you was a... <clears throat> First of all, what'd you think? It was beautiful reading. Uh, pretty pretty epic yeah. uh, pictures is painting there, yeah. Yeah. Um, those are actually the, the lyrics to Smash Ultimate's theme song. What? <laughs> it's a complete... It has, it has uh, four verses... <laughs> And those are like, those are the themes that this soul is bringing in. Like, the song is so fucking epic. All right. Now, give me, now that we know that, do you want to read uh -huh. the next part? Now, now that I have that in mind. Sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. I already did the, the, the chorus. Okay. As fates, oh, no, I did that. I did that. I did that. Um, now let's do it. Okay. On that day when the sky fell away, our world came to an end. And our eyes did a fading sunrise in the dark, glimmering shadows. Silence grows in the space between, stretching out beyond time. Rising up as a chorus of souls finds a voice, flickering through the void. These little sparks cling on to life, everyone caught in the struggle. And then the storms of change, they fan the flames, scattering ashes to the wind. That's, that's the first verse of the theme song to a game where... <laughs> Where Ganondorf fights Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, why? Do you know why they went that hard? Like, I don't know. It's metal as fuck, though. And the um, <clears throat> wasn't there something about the um, dying of the light in there too? Yeah, no, that's that's the the name of the song. Um, is the undying light. Good lord. Colors weave into a spire of flame. Distant sparks call the past still unnamed. Bear this torch against the cold of the night. Search your soul and reawaken the undying light. Rage, rage. I mean, rage it sounds, it sounds like when you when you just read it, it looks like a Maya Angelou. <laughs> you know, it, like, it's really, um, it's really evocative. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and the the tune is that it's kind of like um, well, it's very um, a, a well Japanese. It's like um, something you might hear. I don't know which channel they have on, uh, which station they have on in like sushi restaurants. But I love all of the songs because they they're either like like soft and kind of folky with like a, you know, like a, a, a flute or something. And then the, um, and then the other ones are just like these big, huge electronic numbers. And it's kind of one of those. I don't know. You got to hear this song. It's really great. I was just like, it kept going. Like the game starts and the first thing you see is Kirby looking, looking over like a, a landscape. I'm like, hey, Kirby. And then the song starts. You're like, holy shit. <laughs> this is fucking crazy so is it is it the super smash brothers ultimate world of light is that yeah that's it yeah 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 okay well i mean now i feel like we have to oh here we go yeah here we go don't let a single one get away oh, hold on what is oh i thought is this just a promo i thought that was, that was, a song. That was scary <laughs> i know that was uh star fox oh
<laughs> okay. Serious. It goes on for like four minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good as shit, man. That is also very, uh, the singer sounds like Ariel from The Little Mermaid. A bit. Yeah. yeah. You know, I never noticed that before. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, I don't know if that's part of the backstory. Maybe her voice was stolen by the Smash Brothers team. <laughs> yeah. Um, you have to, you have to fight to get it back. Is there a storyline to this? Like there, there, um, part of the game does contain a storyline. Yes. Um, uh, like all the character souls were taken and you have to go through this land and fight them in order to free their souls. And then they join the fight so you can use their powers and play as them to fight other people. It to tell you the truth, it's way more complicated than that, but I, I don't understand. I've been playing this for like six weeks now, maybe maybe a couple months, and I still don't like the minutia that that people like to get into with games. Like people like really like it when things are complicated and a lot of moving pieces, and I don't. I'm just like I don't know if I use I don't know if I put this this thing on my character, then he jumps higher. So I guess I'll do that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just want to win the fight. (laughs) Yeah, I man, it's. I don't know how I don't want to get too depressing on this, but I don't know how much you've dug into this. But like, I know that a lot of video game uh, companies are horrible to work for and they have, you know, crunch and they have these impossible deadlines. But I think about that sometimes. I don't know if you because I don't know, like I really enjoyed GTA five. I played that during quarantine. It was nice to like I at a time when I wanted to feel like there was a world outside of my apartment that I couldn't leave, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it was fun to go to this game. That's oh, sort okay. of, a, yeah. It's like a, it's like a second life where you murder yeah. everyone. Yeah. You know, ex- right. exactly like second life, you know? Yes. Uh, but I, you know, like playing a game like that, I sometimes feel bad for the kind of gamer that I am. And I don't know if you relate to this too, of just like, I can tell that a lot of craft and detail went into this world that I will never have the patience to explore like i'm sure there's a million hidden little details to the gta world that i'm like you could probably you guys probably could have gone home at 6 p.m and not <laughs> not tried yeah, i so do hard. i i often think that because you know during quarantine i i um i was playing breath of the wild i'm still playing breath of the wild um, at this point, my, my wife is convinced that i live in hyrule and i'm only visiting our home uh, just to but, rile up the chickens and to smash some porcelain and look for rubies inside. Of- uh, rupees. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, but the, like it is, I often think, you know, you could have spent, you could have taken a year off the time you used to develop this game and it still would be the best game I've ever played. Yeah, I think that's what I end up like. I really love open world games. They're so much fun, but you probably go too big with them. They're too open. And I guess maybe that's difficult because you don't know what will appeal. You want to appeal to as many people as possible, but there's a lot of stuff in those games that I just don't care about. You know, even like I really love (laughs) Skyrim. I go back to a lot. You know, that game's really fun, but I'm sure there are corners of of that world that i've never explored and never will and i yeah and and who knows i mean a lot i i feel it seems to me a lot like and there are there are definitely these big games that just have to get have to get cranked out and i'm sure that's a misery to work on but i kind of get the feeling when when you 
when I'm playing these games, it feels a lot like it was made by people who love video games. And the reason why there's all that minutia and so many options is because when they were making the game, they were making the game that they wanted to play. Right. Um, I can't, I can't speak to, you know, um, deadlines or working hours or salaries or anything like that, but you know, these, they're more than just developers and typing in code. Like they're creating a, a world that they would want to live in a lot of the time. Oh yeah. Just, no. And it, I, it, it I totally comes through. I guarantee that people on the ground level are very passionate and very awesome people. I think the issue is that the companies they work for right. go, okay, cool. We decided this is the release date. And we didn't talk to you about it. Right. <laughs> so come out by that date. Yep. Yep. So this has to be ready by November of this year. Well, that's impossible. Yes, I, kn I, I know it's August, but Christmas. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. impossible. Well, that was like, I, I ended up being really sympathetic towards the people who made um, Cyberpunk, you know, that game. Right, right, right. Because that was just, yeah, it, that was kind of the deal is that they, they'd never made a game like that before. And they just like got hit with these deadlines and did the best they could. It's so weird that we live in a world where I'm still trying to get used to this. The idea that games just come out unfinished, like that that's sort of mm -hmm. understood because I had that. I like that Marvel's Avengers game, which I realize not many people do, I think. Like, mm -hmm. but it for me, I'm not a big gamer and I, I just enjoy, I want to be Thor. And they understood that. And I right. can be Thor in the game. <laughs> so, like, it's. I, I fly and I have a hammer. Yeah. No, it okay. satisfies all my requirements for what I wanted out of the game. And it's fun. But I know with that, that there were like all these patches and like the game definitely came out not finished. Like that, mm -hmm. it's just—it's just such a weird thing, you know. I—I I always think back to a million years ago when we were kids. Like you'd go buy a cartridge, and you put it in your game, and you'd play it. Now it's pretty much just accepted that you buy a game, you put it in your Xbox or PlayStation, and then it downloads two hours worth of like updates before right. it starts the first time. Yeah, it's a—it's a very weird thing. <clears throat> I don't—I don't know, man. I'm not I'm not a gamer. I don't I don't uh you know, I'm not on Twitch or anything like that. I I w the things I have invested in in video games is I want them to be fun. Yeah. And if they if I get it and it turns out I don't think it's very fun, it, then you know, no skin off my back. I decided to spend the money on it. People get really angry at video game developers and I don't I'm like spitting poison at them. Like, I, I just don't get it. It's just, okay, play a different fucking game. Then they're like, no, I want to play this game, but I want it to be better. What? <laughs> Sorry. Play another game. <laughs> yeah. And I, I do think that's like a weird thing where I, I don't think people sometimes realize how good they have it now. Cause I mean, you remember that like super Nintendo, I, I think like what? I'm going to be conservative and say 60% of the games were garbage. Like you would just buy a game yeah. because it looked cool and it would just, nope, this one sucks. Yeah. You, you bought it and it sucks. And then it's like, I imagine you're up, you know, we grew up, you know, in a similar area with similar, mm. uh, you know, our parents had similar amounts of money. I imagine where it was like, right. You, okay, that game sucks. Well, you you better play it because you're not yeah. like that's the game you got for Christmas or your birthday. So learn to love it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because then, oh, sure. Yeah, you can you can work uh, around the house and earn money. But 
I'm not letting you spend that money on a video game. Yeah, you just got a video game. <laughs> you just got one, man. Yeah, I think that idea... That's why, like, I'm still very much like that where I don't play games all that often. But when I do, it's like, I don't know. This is the game I'm going to play until I get bored with it. Like, and then I'm not... And then I'll stop playing video games for a while until I play something else. Like, I'm very infrequent in my gaming. The only games that I've played in the last over a year are the Avengers game and the Grand Theft Auto and that's it. Like that's, you know. Yeah, I I can just I'm counting in my in my collection here. I had a uh, I've had my Xbox 1 for many years now, you know, 5 6 years. I got 10 games. Got 10. Yeah. Yeah. And I like I I'm looking at like I think I played through all of them, but I can tell you that I, there's there's like four, three that I'll still go back and play. The rest of them I played through and I'm done. Yeah. You know, it's just over. You know, I'm, I'm going crazy over these things. Yeah, I had to do that. I don't know if you had that experience where I ran out of space. So then it was asking me like what to delete from there. And I had, right. yeah, because the only ones I go back to are, I play the Avengers a lot because, you know, they'll do new missions and stuff. Um, Skyrim, I'll play. Sure. Uh, and I kept Grand Theft Auto because some part of me believes that I'm going to go back and get 100% of that game, even though Hell I, yeah. even though I might not. But it's still, that's a fun one to just like, you know, play for a little while. But the but that's it. Yeah. yeah. Like I have a few other games. Like I have a wrestling game and I, I bought that No Man's Sky or whatever. But, you know. Right. And yeah. The, and I, I was talking to, um uh recently I was talking to my... Uh, my brother-in-law, who's also, I didn't know this, but he's also a big Zelda fan. And, um, uh, I was, we were talking about, you know, Breath of the Wild and stuff. And I said, um, I said, yeah, I it, pretty much the, my switch is just a $300 Zelda machine. Yeah. And I'm really okay with that. And he said, yeah, that's what mine is going to be. Um, he's, yeah, he's getting, um, uh, phd right now so he has like no time but he said as soon as i'm done you know with school yeah i'm getting it and that's what it's gonna be it's gonna be a 300 dollars zelda machine oh yeah no zelda is the greatest video game of all time like greatest franchise and it's the only thing that makes me sad i don't have a switch is that i can't play yeah. breath of the wild i don't give a shit about anything else but i'm like no i want to play zelda I, I like the zelda games they're great yeah yeah totally totally that's exactly that's exactly why i got it it was um I have within maybe not within the last year but definitely within the like the last 2 years I have played through Ocarina of Time. So Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I used to play that one every year. I think that is well documented on this podcast as I play that game every year, but I you know, I hate to say it, I'm probably never ever going to play that game again because Is it um, Navi? Is it Navi? Is that what ruined it for you? Hey. <laughs> Listen. Listen. <laughs> uh I like Navi. I don't know people's beef with Navi. All it was always good information, Navi. Yeah. Thank you. Just trying to help. Just trying to help. Yeah. I don't know, but that that's uh, pretty much it. I really, I think I, I was an Xbox guy for a long time. I think I'm back to being a Nintendo guy because it's just there's no there's no like you turn on the machine and it just goes to the place where you play, pick the game you want to play. And then you hit that and then the game just starts, you know, there's none of this. I don't have to look at, you know, a screen, a green screen that just has Xbox on it for 30 seconds where, you know, what do you, I just want to get to the thing. Why does this have to be so complicated? You know what? I, can I put this since we're, since we're having an open forum on our Xbox complaints right now, uh -huh. does yours just like 
turn i don't know maybe yours isn't plugged in my xbox just turns itself on sometimes or i'm like does it really yeah because it's like hooked up to my tv which is a smart tv and i think like the tv is supposed to you know you can like turn the xbox on through the tv sometimes i just look and i'm like why are you on right now xbox like nobody nobody's using you what are you doing and then i don't trust it mine is also hooked up to a smart tv and it doesn't do that man i don't trust it i don't know i'm like you shouldn't yeah i think bill gates is spying on me that's why his wife left him well now he won't it shouldn't do it anymore now that you got the vaccines because he's got that chip in there right right yeah for sure but uh mostly i use my xbox i'm sad to say to watch dvds because i'm a thousand (laughs) years old do you want me to make it sound even older and sadder i've been Uh, getting dvds from the library oh my god yeah well how's the uh How's the movie selection at the library these days? Well, I mean, I live in LA, so it's great. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's I go to the wait. Why? Why would it? Why would that make a difference? Because you're in LA. Do they have like first look? Yeah. <laughs> each <laughs> each studio has their own library. So. Oh, okay. Okay. No, I mean they have like because I've been I, I I think I've talked about before on the show. I've been trying to watch all the AFI. Like top one hundred, you know, hundred years, hundred movies. Uh, you know what? I can, I can see. Yeah, that that is probably the town where you can find all of that shit in a library. Yeah, but then I have had a few, like, because I've been, yeah, the ones that aren't streaming somewhere that I can find them. I've been trying to get from the library, but then also, I don't know. There's like a few weird gaps of things that I hadn't seen. Like, you know, I I checked out Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom because I was like, I'm mm-hmm. never gonna pay money for that, but it's here at the library, and I watched uh, Jumanji. The new, the whatever, the next, what is it called? Jumanji, um, Welcome to the Jungle. Okay. But there were two Jumanjis. I think there was Welcome to the Jungle and then the next level. So did you watch the first one or the second one? Well, I, to be honest, I've now watched both of them. But, oh, okay. um, and I don't know why because I didn't even think the first one was very good. But I, nah. I watched it and I was like, well, now, now I got to know what happens. I think the second one was better. I don't know if you've seen both of them. <laughs> I saw but, the first one. Second one's better, and I'll tell you why. Uh, it's uh, because Danny DeVito's in it. That does tend to make things better. Yeah, and he goes into the game. Cool. So then, Ovine Jovi. <laughs> Sorry, but no, it's then it's. Um, I mean, that's the whole gimmick is they have him, and uh, I want to say that it's Danny Glover, if I'm remembering correctly. Like they they okay. both end up in the game, oh, and then the Dannys. Then they end up just. <laughs> Was it Danny Glover? I want to say, didn't you just watch this movie? I mean, within like a week or two, it's pretty forgettable. Though. Okay, okay, <laughs> apparently. But then, well, also because the people that are the people, like they're in it for like five minutes, and then they're the characters in the game. Oh, right, sure. But they were in the game, and then uh, you know, hilarity ensued because they're old people in a video game. Whoa, get it. <sighs> What's going to be that for us? Like, when we're old, what is it going to be funny to watch us do? Well, I don't know. I mean, we can't conceive it, right? It is Danny Glover, by the way. I double-checked. Okay. But, uh, oh, the Dannys, of yeah. course. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is it, hasn't it not been invented yet? I mean, I mean, the obvious answer would be, like, TikTok now. <laughs> but Right. But, yeah, it'll be some new technology. Yeah, I suppose. It'll be like, these old guys can't... They don't know how to operate a holodeck. Uh... I'm 
No, fuck that. I'm going to be all over that holodeck. Someone's going to teach me to use the goddamn holodeck. What would you, if you had a holodeck, what, where are you going? Like, what's the first Boobs! Thing? Just boobs. Boobs! That's it. You're just boobs. <laughs> like, you know, just disembodied. <laughs> You're just in a fucking heavy metal, like, cartoon. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, no, no storyline. You're not even. You're not even coming up with a scenario. Yeah, it'll, it'll, I'll, I'll say, run program, Lars boobs, <laughs> Lars boobs. Well, we have the title for this week's episode. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, no, I actually, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. What it would. What I don't know because then it's like, first of all. If it, if, it, if it plays by the same rules as uh, the holodeck on the next generation, then like the rules are fast and loose. Yeah. Because I could never pin down like how can like how is that sword making contact with your sword unless they're both holograms? And in which case, how are you holding that sword? Right. Like I, I just couldn't figure it out. But if we're playing by those rules and it could really be anything. I mean, it ain't gonna be no, it ain't gonna be no uh, murder mystery. That's for sure. Are you also, not Sherlock Holmesing it up? Like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> no film noir crap. <laughs> Honestly, you know what? I know maybe it's definitely because it's at the forefront of my mind, but also, I it, I would go to Hyrule. I would be Link in Breath of the Wild, and I could just do all that stuff. And then at the end, when you save Zelda, she just pops her top off. And then boobs. Yeah. Look, there's going to be boobs. Yeah. No, it wouldn't be Zelda boobs. I wouldn't feel right seeing Zelda's boobs. Well, there's not really, I mean, <laughs> not a lot of choices in Hyrule. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Bowser? You see what, uh, or not, uh, Gandalf. <laughs> Ganon. Ganon. Yeah, I'm like, it's a Gandalf. <laughs> Whatever nerd thing that I'm trying to think, you know. Isn't it? It's Ganon, and then isn't there like a Ganondorf or something? Or yeah, so he starts as Ganondorf, and then when he turns into the hideous pig monster, he's Ganon. Yeah, but just think of that hideous pig monster had like a sweet rack. Oh, man. And it's a pig had like six boobs. <laughs> I mean, obviously. <sighs> All right, if you could see any video game character topless. <laughs> what? What is this show now? <laughs> This is what you did. You brought us here. Um, look, I mean, it, I don't. Is there an answer besides Laura Croft? <laughs> Metroid. Oh yeah, Samus. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Good call. Um, Princess Peach. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. You know what? You know what? Fuck that. Mario, let's see what you got going on under there, Mario. Because sometimes he looks buff as hell, other times he's felt, and sometimes he's you know he's a little pudgy, he's a little round in the middle. So you know, let, let's see what's happening. I think you have some very strategically placed uh, garments there, Mario. Fair enough. All right, yeah. You let's you see what Mario. Hey, why don't you uh, why don't you drop them drawers and see what kind of plumber you really are? You know what I mean. <laughs> We started so classy. We started with a poem, and look where we ended up. Like it didn't, <laughs> didn't take long. Are oh, you man. are you concerned that all these billionaires want to go to space? 
Oh, you think they're leaving us? Doesn't it kind of seem like that? Oh. Uh, you know, I don't care. Go up there. You can't live up there either. Yeah. It'd be kind of nice if he didn't, if Bezos didn't come back, right? Like, what if he just... I'd be great with that. I'd be fine. Yeah, what if he just stayed? Yeah, just fuck off. I don't care. Go do your thing. Yeah. But then, like, maybe we can get him into space and then all the other billionaires just be like, hey, um, he made it, so he's really showing you up. Like, can we just somehow, like, get them all off the planet? Oh, man. We, we just, I just found out that Bezos is in space and he called all y'all bitches. Yeah, he said, you can't do it. Yeah. He was like, and then he held his pinky up and waggled it. I don't know. It lo- I think he's trying to say, you got, you got tiny dicks. Y'all are bitches and got tiny dicks is what Bezos is saying from space. It is weird that that guy bought all of the James Bond movies and then like a week later was like, I'm going to space. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Like, he just watched him, and he was like, which one of these plans is the easiest for me to pull off? <laughs> yeah, I don't... I, I, I already have a golden out. gun, so... <laughs> 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 so what now? Uh, yeah, I have, also have a, a gold finger. I got all these gold fingers. Yeah, I guess I'll just, I'll just, I'll just go to space. Yeah. I it's, used to be like... I, it's I the final know. frontier. I used to... I used to think that I wanted to go to space, but that was never the thing. I wanted to be an astronaut. Yeah. And I like, I was always I'm not ter- be one. I was terrified. I'm terrified of space. Like I, a, yeah, sure. I even as a kid I had that anxiety of it just stressed me out thinking about the idea of going to space. Like I don't like it. I'm with you. I <clears throat> they uh I was in elementary school, I think. We watched that movie Space Camp. Um, yeah, those kids. No, that movie. Get, get yeah, those movies a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, that that movie did frighten me as a child. Like yeah. I was very scared for them. Like, oh my god, you're in space. What is it? That's where people can't hear you scream. Isn't that Jinx and Max are friends? Is that that? Yeah, that's. You know what? That sounds right. Yeah, I think that's so. <laughs> but yeah, it's, that's the whole fucking thing. The robot sends him to space because he thinks he's like doing him a solid. You know, and he sends all the kids into space. It seems like you, the kids shouldn't have even been somewhere that they could have gone into space. That that feels like that's on NASA a little bit. Why are they Why are they in a shuttle that's prime? Right, that's what like, I'm that saying. Doesn't make like, any sense. Yeah, like I'm all for it. Like I understand the robot went rogue, but like maybe don't put him in the cockpit. I don't know. Like that seems like your first mistake. You know. <laughs> yeah, that was um that was that was scary. So no, I ne- I don't think I ever actually wanted to go to space. Like I just wanted to be as famous as an astronaut. Like, I just wanted to be like trained to go into space and people revere me as someone who was like a hero that went to space is all I wanted. Fair enough. You could, I mean, yeah, you should have just aimed for like, you know, musician or something. You could have <laughs> set those sights a little lower. Um, no, no, it probably, I probably should have aimed for billionaire. Because yeah, yeah, it's easy. You just people just just walk around thinking that they're the shit, and then everyone kisses their ass anyways. Well, they're all self-made too. I mean, that's what's so great about them is it's, uh, they got there through hard work. That's how they did it. You know, when I when I started this company, all I had was a dream and six million dollars, <laughs> and now look at me. <laughs> I have six billion dollars. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. It's my great. father gave me a small loan of a million dollars. What a jackass. That's like all those articles that always pop up online where it's like, learn how this person, you know, like saved up and became a millionaire at 20. And it's always that their parents are rich and like that they, it's like, well, I oh, lived yeah. in my parents' beach house for a year. Yeah, totally. I think that's why, that's why Gwyneth Paltrow catches all that shit is like, you don't, you've, you have never lived on this planet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not your fault. Uh, your your godfather is Steven fucking Spielberg. Yeah. You were never going to understand what it's like to actually live on this planet. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like, we understand, but really, can you just be quiet? Yeah, just, just sit this out. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, don't, don't try to be relatable. Like, it's just, right. you're, you're not capable of it. Yes, yes. Every mother should, every mother of a newborn should be able to do this. No, no, they shouldn't. That's hard. I think that's why it's frustrating, like when Elon Musk goes on SNL, because it's like, stop trying to be relatable. Like, your parents owned a diamond mine. You're a rich weirdo. Just go be a rich weirdo. Like, it's fine. Don't dress like Wario so that I'll like you. It's weird that you want me to like you. Stop being Wario. Yeah. And it just, yeah, I mean, that's it, right? It's like, no one's preventing you from living your life, but it's like, you want to have all the success and all the fame and, um, and you want everyone to like you as well. It doesn't work like that, man. Also, if you want us all to like you, just give us a million dollars each. You could afford that, right? Like... That's a, I mean, you could. I'm you, just going to put that out there. Look, if you're a billionaire listening to this show, which I know that you are, <laughs> send me a million dollars and I'll like you. That's it. Yeah, I won't. I'll take the million, but I'm not going to like you. Oh, no. Say, hey, Lars, secretly, I'm not going to uh, like him. Oh, shit, dude. Yeah. Loophole. I know. But I'll say that I like them one time in public. But like with my fingers <laughs> just in public, like you're at the, you're at the all ball pong. Yeah, yeah. I just, like Elon Musk. There, yeah. I said it. And they'll be like, "What was that?" And I'll be like, uh, "Cinnabon." I just want one Cinnabon. That's it. Mm-hmm. I said Earl Grey tea. <laughs> Hot. <laughs> That's really what yeah. I want. Fuck the uh, the holodeck. I want that tea technology. Oh yeah. No way that stuff tasted right. And from the replicator, no. it couldn't have tasted right. No. But if it did, man, that would be sweet. You get a tea anytime you wanted. <laughs> tea, tea, Earl Grey, hot, and boobs. Hot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> aren't they all? <laughs> so stupid. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Speaking of space and uh, not liking things, I did. I, I watched Spartacus. I imagine you've seen that movie before. But uh, yeah, I've seen Spartacus. I have seen Spartacus, but it's yeah. uh, no, it's really just funny to think about um, how much Kubrick hates that movie. Like oh that, yeah, it's the only one he took his name off of. Yeah, yeah. Like I just that that was all I was really thinking when I was watching it. Is I was like, man, I, you can like this movie is pretty fun, but also like Kubrick was probably so mad when he was making this. Like just like oh man. He just has to do it. He's just collected that paycheck to make a swords and sandals epic. Uh-huh. Like, uh huh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Um, Donald Trumbo worked on that screenplay. Yeah, yeah, that was like Shit. the big thing too. That uh, I think it was his. Maybe not first. I think something else like 
snuck in there before it, but it was like one of the first that he got to put his name back on after. Oh, okay. After the blacklisting. After the blacklisting. Uh, but yeah, I think that was a lot of what Kubrick didn't like is he thought the screenplay was really like preachy and he apparently he hated the I am Spartacus scene. Yeah, he would because other people liked it. You know, what? he probably hated that movie because people were having fun making it. Yeah. And he's like, ah, it's just, but you know what I ended up thinking about like watching it was because I knew that he hated that. I just was thinking about how angry he would be if he ever like wherever he is in whatever ethereal like plane after you die if somehow he was able to watch ai finished by steven spielberg he'd uh-huh. be so mad oh he would be so angry <laughs> oh that shit would not have worked for him at all that might be the funniest thing that spielberg's ever done is try to finish a stanley kubrick movie it looked like he was trolling him it really did right like like it felt like the kind of thing that it's like he's dead and he can't stop me like that was the vibe i got from the yeah. choices spielberg was making in ai was just like well what's he gonna do finally i get to show this fucker how to make a movie <laughs> i mean it's pretty good but i think the real ending he would have wanted was this weird melancholy happy one do you know what this you know what this movie's missing is aliens this is some underwater aliens too yeah what if they find the boy and they let him meet his mom again i think that's i think if kubrick had it to do over again now yeah it's it's either going to be melancholy or super happy this is not going to be a tragic realistic ending (laughs) i'm trying to think like what (laughs) what would be the funniest movie for spielberg to have finished i mean my i immediately thought of eyes wide shut would be funny to see if like spielberg had to like do that one there's so you know you can't say this about a lot of people uh steven spielberg to me is not not a bad looking fella you know i think he he, he was good he, with looked, he was he was kind of kind of a sexy hairy dude back in the day and now yeah. i think he's got like a this cool like dad granddad vibe going on um, but I do not see him as a sexual being in any way, shape or form. <laughs> yeah. I always get the vibe that whole crew, like when him and Lucas and uh, you know, uh-huh. like, like all the filmmakers of the time, like we're, we're getting together. Like, I can't imagine any of them. Like, I know, I mean, Lucas was married then. Right. But like, I still can't imagine any of them getting dates. Like I imagine they were all making those films because like no women were interested in them. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, they they were I mean they were like A V nerds, right? Yeah. I mean, that was kind of their thing. Like all of like um Coppola, Scor- Scorsese as well. Like they're and, and the thing is, not an ugly one of the bunch, all handsome men, very talented artists, but they they give off n- no sexual vibe whatsoever. No. No, they really don't. No, no, and it, and I'm only comparing it to like, you know, like a uh I don't know, like Robert Rodriguez, that guy is oozing sexuality i'm surprised he finishes you know a I mean? movie like um, yeah. <laughs> i don't know how he finds the time <laughs> also i mean you want to get contemporary i saw those photos of taika watiti like just like oh, get out him of and tessa take, thompson like <laughs> take it can get it boy yeah like that guy yeah 
But it, also, I mean, you watch Ragnarok and you're like, the movie Thor Ragnarok fucks. Uh-huh. I mean, that's yeah, just... <laughs> you You don't let your mom watch that movie alone. <laughs> no. That's how much that movie fucks. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Which is funny because like the Marvel movies, and I've seen other people point that out, the Marvel movies are pretty asexual in general. Yes. Like there's not yeah. like, you know, outside of the smoldering chemistry between Captain America and Bucky Barnes, like there is really <laughs> Not a lot of sexuality <laughs> happening in those movies, except Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. And this is like sexy men not wearing shirts, and then like the ladies wearing, you know, skin tight uniforms and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, everyone's so good looking and sexy, but yeah, zero sexuality in those in those movies. Anytime someone kisses in a Marvel movie, it feels kind of weird. Like it, it feels out of place somehow. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Um, so I was still thinking about the weirdest movie that Steven Spielberg could have could have finished, and I, I can't think of one that doesn't seem weird to me. At this, I know point. they all would be weird. I Eyes Wide Shut still the first answer that came to mind that seems funny. Yeah, but like, yeah, but they all all of them. I mean, if he did two thousand one, it would be weird. Like. Yes, I think, and I think if he got final cut on um, on Full Metal Jacket, he would have just like only shown the second half, probably. Yeah, yeah, he just cuts the whole. Yeah, like no boot camp. No, that's just oh god, that's just mean. Yeah, I I don't even think or this sh- or that he would change he would change it from Vietnam to World War Two somehow. <laughs> I feel like The Shining, he would actually make it into that uh, romantic comedy, like, recut that was on YouTube. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. It would just be about Jack finishing his novel. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 take, take the family, get away. <laughs> um, yeah, or you, you remember that uh, that Shining TV movie where it was, it was directed was that Stephen by Weber? Stephen King? Was that the Stephen? Yeah, Weber exactly. One? Yeah, and it's, and and because Stephen King was like, he said basically, um, Kubrick did not make a faithful a- adaptation of my book, and I didn't like what he did, so I'm going to make a faithful adaptation of the book, and it was boring as fuck. Yeah, yeah. I still I think, I think Kubrick read your book and said, "There's some good ideas in here, but I can probably make it not boring." Which I love Stephen King, but. Yeah, the Shining movie is better than like mm-hmm. it's great. It's it's probably I mean I, well it's that and Shawshank Redemption, both of which outshine the books that they're based on, like mm-hmm. are the two best adaptations of Stephen King's work. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'll I'll give you uh, the Green Mile as well. <clears throat> yeah, but it's just um, yeah. I mean, you can't faithfully. What well, the other thing too? I like King, but like. That dude loves digressions and it does not have the pacing of a movie. He just he he explores like in his work and it's it's interesting, but it's like it's not usually super cinematic the way that he writes like which is weird because he writes very like he writes stuff that's all been turned into good movies, but not A to A like right. Exactly. Yeah. Not like a not like a Michael Crichton who yeah. basically was just writing screenplays in a novel form. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Crichton, that guy. That guy's good. That guy's good. I that is my I'm not even going to I'm not going to say guilty pleasure because I don't think there's 
any such thing as a guilty pleasure. But uh, man, I love a Crichton novel. Those were my those were my vacation books for a long, long time until I think I've read pretty much all of them. Yeah, those were good when I was young, like to make you feel smart. I mean, like reading Jurassic Park, like, you know, uh-huh. as a kid where it's like one, you could read it, but like you felt like you were reading something, <laughs> you know, like smart, you know, like that I'm reading yeah, a real yeah. book. Yeah, not not only smart, but kind of um, kind of a horror novel. You know, it definitely yeah. felt like as a when I when did I when I I would have read that when I was thirteen or something like that. Um, after I'd seen the movie, even, and um, it definitely felt like like you said, growing up, like something where if this was if this was the movie they made, if they made a faithful adaptation of the novel, I wouldn't have been old enough to go watch it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is an example of Spielberg. <laughs> Like really taking the material and, you know, making it palatable to, cause I'm really right, glad. Right. Cause I, I don't think I would have read the book if I hadn't seen the movie, but at the same time, I, you're right. I wouldn't have been able to see a movie of that book. No, it was scary as hell. It was scary. Everyone dies. Yeah. Everyone dies, like including Hammond, like they all, you know. Man, and in horrific ways. Like he, there were plenty of scary dinosaurs that actually existed, but he made brand new scarier dinosaurs so they could eat people. It is wild. I was thinking about that when I watched the Jurassic World of like that really in our week, because I remember watching Jurassic Park and I didn't even know what a raptor was and just how, you know, in the, the time since then, the way that they have become a go to scary dinosaur. You know, mm-hmm. it's, been, it's impressive. That's good work. <laughs> and I think, uh, I think when he wrote, when he wrote the book, the Velociraptor was not an actual dinosaur. That was a made up dinosaur by him. And then they found one that was, had really similar characteristics to a Velociraptor. So they just named it a Velociraptor. Right. And now it's an actual dinosaur. Which I think we've talked about before on the show. I'm skeptical of all of that. I think it's all made up. I don't think any... Like, I'm not saying dinosaurs aren't real, but I'm saying I don't trust them to put these bones together. I know about the bone wars. You guys make up dinosaurs. You saw the movie. You thought it was cool. You put some bones you found together, and we're like, oh, I found a new dinosaur. Because who's going to call you on it? Yeah, they don't know. Yeah. Excuse me. It looks like there's a head where the wiener should be. No, that's the that's the way it goes. Yep, this that's... is the wienersaurus. <laughs> Man, now I want to watch a movie called Wienersaurus. That sounds good. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen that one. It's oh, yeah. Good. Did you yeah. cue that one up in the holodeck? Uh, I saw the one in the holodeck. <laughs> you know who's in it? You know who's in it? Who? Your mom. Whoa. Whoa. Got you. Got you so hard. Wow. Damn. (laughs) Your your mom's in Wienersaurus. (laughs) What has this show become? (laughs) I don't don't know. Whatever was it? (laughs) What What is those things? I do think we should start every show by reading a poem. I think that would like, at least like give us a point to start, you know? Yeah. Now, hold on, buddy. It sounds like it sounds to me like you're talking about some sort of format. Oh, right. Yeah, we don't do that. That was a close one. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, speaking of um, speaking of your 
Um, if you say mom, or, I swear to God. No. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's all I want to say. <laughs> I now. know, right? Um, you're, uh, you're delving to the AFI, um, top 100. I saw that you had recently watched, um, Bridge on the River Kwai. Yeah. Yeah. How'd that go? Tell me about it. I love that one. So, okay. There's way too many war movies on the AFI list. Like we get it. Okay. Like, just going to throw that out there. But I really liked Bridge on the River Quad because it was different from all the other ones that are all pretty much the same. Uh, and it, like, it just, yeah, I, I've never seen a war movie like that. Also, I mean, Alec Guinness is brilliant in it. And yes. it's just, it's such a simple setup, but such a really great setup of, like, what if a POW... <laughs> cared so much about his work that he cared more than his captors and like punished himself and his men more than they were to be a perfectionist to build a bridge. Like is just an amazing pitch. Like that's a great setup for a movie and I loved it. Yeah, it, re it really is. Isn't it just like, you know, I, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm building this bridge that's taking munitions to the front so they can, kill my countrymen and win this war that we're fighting but i don't know we're signing our names to this piece of right. architecture it has to be perfect yes well and <laughs> no one's gonna say that the british army can't build a fucking bridge well and like you i mean you i think they do a few things in that movie that are really important that really work one i think all the time spent on establishing like the fact that He's like, I'm an officer. I You can't make me work the way that you're trying to. Like, of just... I think that was so important of, like, you can't break this guy in terms of what he believes in. So he will get in this box, like, in the sun and be tortured because he refuses to compromise on how he believes yeah. war should operate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, the rules of war, the part of the... Um uh, Geneva Convention for POWs is that when there's work to be done, officers don't do it. The officers tell the enlisted men what to do. So they're, the the captors talk to the officers who then distribute the work to their men. And um, he's trying to make um, um, Alec Guinness, the, the commanding officer, work. And he's like, officers don't work. And he and it wasn't like I, I don't know. It wasn't so much his beliefs of just like, it's the rules. Yeah. We're playing by the rules. And they right. kept putting him in that hot box until he would break and then start to do work. And he weren't because the rules are more important than anything. It was almost like a, um, um, I don't know, like a, um, a takedown of the, the bureaucracy in the military of right. like, you know, the only thing that matters is the rules. Everything else is like fighting the war isn't as important as following the rules. Well, of because the what are we fighting for if, you know, if we're not following the rules, you know, like, and it's just, no, I thought that was so fascinating. And, and I think that was it just as a character study of that character. I, I really loved the movie. Because, yeah, I think when you spend so much time with him doing that, then you understand that that guy is the guy who's like, OK, well, now that we're following the rules and my task is to get my men to build this bridge, we're going to build it perfectly because that's what we're doing now is building a bridge. And I, as the POW, you know, like as POWs, this is what we're tasked to do. So we're going to do it right. You know, and it's just. Yeah, exactly. We're going to do it right. Not only because we're 
we're British and we have pride, but also we're going to build it perfectly as kind of like a fuck you to them. Fuck you. We're going to yeah. build the bridge better than you can build the bridge. Right. Yeah. And I mean, there's also there's so much built into it too the fact that it's sort of you're told that basically had they just gone with the original plan, the bridge is going to collapse and like they're building it in the wrong place. So, so from the start, like if you were someone, this is your enemy and you're a POW, you could just do what they ask and, and be satisfied in the fact that the bridge is going to collapse at some point because mm-hmm. they're building in the wrong part of the river. But you, you tell them that. And then, in, and in fact, also you tell them that your men could be working harder than they are. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's just so many really interesting choices. And the fact that like, I still... I think I empathized with the character. Like I felt bad for him. You know, I didn't hate him. Like he was a very like Dwight Schrute or someone like that. Like just someone who really believed that what he was doing was important. And I think there's something yeah. sympathetic about yeah. that. And yeah, ultimately he does become this kind of, uh, he, he, the character exists in this nebulous area between, um, between villain and hero, you know, like you kind of, you empathize with him a bit, but also you want him to stop what he's doing. And usually when you're talking about a character in a story and you want them to stop what they're doing and they won't, those are the characteristics of the villain of the piece of don't do, don't do that. Someone needs to stop you because you're doing the wrong thing. And that really isn't the case, which by the way, listen, that was, what was 1957 and people knew who Alec Guinness was, but, the star of that movie was supposed to be William Holden. William Holden was a huge star in 57. And it was kind of like a vehicle for him. That was going to be his his Oscar bait. Um, completely outshone by Alec Guinness. Well, and the funny thing is to the point that I think the Holden scenes, I found myself going like, no, I want to know what's happening. <laughs> Back with everybody. Exactly. Yeah, when Holden like <laughs> escapes and we're seeing his life there, I'm like, why? Like you could cut this and get us back to that that bridge. Yeah, let's go. I'm trying to see right now. Alec Guinness is somewhere being brilliant and we're not seeing it. Yeah. A bunch of bullshit. I also, man, just as a weird random tangent, I had a realization watching it. And maybe you already knew this, that I realized there's an episode of Batman, the animated series that clearly was a bit of an homage to at least. Oh, was like, it really? Well, I don't remember that. It's a yeah, there's an episode where Batman He's investigating this like um, forced labor camp, you know, and somehow I think he gets like knocked out and he gets amnesia, but he ends up working in the camp. But I remember that like because that was the first thing when when they locked Alec Guinness in that box out in the sun. That's what I thought of because they do that to Batman in that episode. They do that to Bruce Wayne. Okay, but he's like basically being forced to do prison work for like this, you know, like, uh, you know, tyrannical organization or whatever the fun and the funny thing is i i realized that and then i I, so i was thinking about i was like man it would have been great if in batman the animated series they actually did that and just made (laughs) made batman be alec guinness and be like i'm like i have amnesia i'm batman they're telling me to do this so i'm gonna do the best version of this possible (laughs) (laughs) like i think that would have been good that would have been good. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So, you know, if anyone wants notes on, <laughs> a, you know, a child's cartoon from decades ago. Yeah. Just go ahead and incorporate that in, the, in your next project. You know, I thought it was just lacking a little bit. 
but no, Alec Guinness really is great in that movie. And I, that that's honestly been one of my favorites of the AFI movies that I've watched. Like I, I really did enjoy that one. Good. Good. What do you have a least favorite? Do you have, do you remember one that was just, you have to get through this? I didn't care much for the searchers with John Wayne. I really, that one right. stands out. Like that just seemed like a racist old man playing a racist old man. Yep. Like, I thought it was beautifully shot, but I did not care for anything that happened in that movie. <laughs> I know. It's so weird that people tell you, like, that's that's always on the list of Westerns you have to see. And it's one of the first ones people say, you know, it's like, you know, High Noon and The Magnificent Seven and The Searchers. And it's just, that's not, not only is that not one of the great Westerns, it's not even one of John Wayne's greatest Westerns. Right. I don't know. And like, High Noon, I like, High Noon's super watchable. Like, that one was fun. You know, I, yeah. like I enjoyed that. I actually really like Shane. I think that was probably my favorite of the Shane's Westerns. fucking great. Like Shane is Shane. just yeah, that that one's fantastic and like holds up really well. Yeah, Shane's great. I love Shane. Yeah, but yeah, there you go. So there's a bunch of old movies. We should next week maybe we can tee this up. Maybe you'll be ready. I think next week we should talk about Loki because I have seen it and you haven't, so I didn't want to get into it mm-hmm. yet. But um, I really enjoy what they're doing, and I'm excited for it. Oh man, yeah, we'll do some we'll do some Loki talk. All right, <laughs> glad we cleared that up. You know what? what? I guess if there if there is one sexual being in the MCU, it's fucking Loki. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, yeah, Hiddleston definitely plays that. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he like, knows. Like, no, I'm not gonna do anything weird, but I'm gonna make you think that I'm gonna do something weird. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I'm like, yeah, Loki's been a consistently great character, and I, you know, I, I'm very into what they're doing with this show, so, next week. Right on. Yeah. Next week, baby. So, remember, question everything. Shut up and get a lawyer. Boobs. Boobs. <laughs> Computer. Boobs. <laughs> Callers weave into a Against the cold of the night Search your soul and reawaken the undying light On that day when the sky fell away Our world came to an end In our eyes did the fading sunrise And the dark glimmering shadow
Hobo Radio is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. We have to ask. It's a podcast where we answer the question, are you going to eat that? What will you leave behind? Why get out of bed? Will you be our neighbor? I'm Marty. And I'm Jonathan. We're two hosts. Infinite Universes. We We have have to to ask. ask. New interviews every Tuesday. Find us on iTunes or online at wehavetoask.com or with the other great podcasts on the Peak Sloth Network at peaksloth.com. (laughs) 